you're listening to a black man sketch live from the Legacy Room in Montgomery, Alabama. This episode of Black Man Sketch is a special tribute to Otis Zanders, hosted by Ujama Men, Mayo, Bryant, and Royce. Welcome. I just want to let y'all know before I ask this brother more question, Ujama is a place, a transformation for men. You know what I'm saying? A lot of these men are raised in poverty. They came from nothing, absolutely nothing. And uh, Ujama changed that. They changed you to bring you up from poverty, to uplift you, to let you know you are empowered black men. We proud of you black men. We appreciate what you all have done. And I appreciate the sisters that come through and come and help us a lot. And, I, and you know what I'm saying? I want to get applause for those sisters. Because this is a program about black men, but the sisters still came through and come and help us. So I just want to let y'all know that. So tell me, how your journey been with you, John? Oh, my journey has been amazing, amazing, awakening. Um, I've been through a lot of different phases in my life and my transformation. What's that? Um, extreme highs and extreme lows. Write that down. Um you know, I really don't get too much into this with strangers, but um, I came to Ujama in search of furthering my education. I ran away from home when I was a teenager, so I didn't finish high school like a lot of the rest of my peers on time. And um, after dinking around and trying to go out in the world and be on my own, I came to the conclusion that I, I needed to finish school. <laughs> so I went to Ujama in search of my GED, and um, here we are a few trades later. I'm enrolled in a Minneapolis Technical College right now trying to get my LADC. I'm going to school to, uh, I'm gonna be a counselor. I'm I'm an alcoholic. I've, How long you been sober, brother? As of today, I'm a year and a half, a little over 18 months. Uh, yeah, my entire adult life, I've uh, battled alcohol addiction, and it took me a long time to realize that everything isn't for everybody, and it wasn't for me. You know, I was chasing an idea that I had to be somebody that I wasn't, and that um wanted to impress the wrong people. Um, wanted to prove to myself that I could handle it. You know, if I just drink a little less this time, drink something else, only drink when I'm happy, only drink on the weekends, only drink when the Vikings win. You know, you, you find any reason, then you end up drinking twice more because they lose, you know. Um, I spent a long time tricking myself and um, making excuses for poor behavior and poor judgment. And Ujamaa was there the whole time. Um, feeding me encouragement, letting me know my good qualities, even when I didn't see them myself. You know, coaches like Stevenson and Lou and Kadar, they would say, Bryant, you know, you're, you're a brilliant brother. You know, when you put your thinking cap on and you got a goal and you want something done, you know, you, you, you're really good at just telling me the things that I'm good at. And even in times where I'm like, you know, yeah, whatever. I don't see it myself. Like, you know, you're just being nice. You know, they were always there for me and they supported me. They helped me get into treatment multiple times. 
even when I wasn't ready to completely change. But um, through the years, their, their support has not wavered and their belief in your growth and transformation is firm and they are there for you. And that's what um, I want to be able to be of service to do for the next generation of young brothers. Let them know that, you know, it's it's because we can give them all the resources that they need. We can help them out when they need helped out. But we got to give them that sense of community, you know, because uh, we got a lot of us that don't have, you know, for their fathers in the home, don't have bonds with their fam- their siblings, families. We, we're, we're here to be their brothers, you know, and we're here for you. Thick, thin, up and down. Um, you guys were with me through the death of some of my close family members, you know. I couldn't even get out of bed some days, you know. Um, and some of the things that you Ujama done for me, you know, I, I don't even know y'all like that to tell y'all. So, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, yeah, we're here for the young brothers. We're here to give them a sense of community. And we're not here to force anything on anybody, you know. Um, we'll be there um, the whole time up and down until people are ready. People don't transform until they're ready. And we're, and, um, and we're here to meet you wherever you're at. Wherever that might be, whatever it looks like for you, we're going to accommodate that. Yeah, just positive guidance, support, education. Um, yeah, man, it's all love. There's so many different words you could put it in, but at the end of the day, it's love. Hmm. And that's what we're here to reach out and do and continue to do. And um, I hear you, brother. Thank you. Uh, I want to say, you know, I believe, you know what I'm saying, the culture has to move first with the brotherhood sisterhood already perfectly fine so my first option is to create the brother how you feel about the brotherhood in ujama how did that inspire you you know saying seeing other brothers struggle like you participants i'm gonna say to me you gave me inspiration you know what i'm saying when you came to me that one day and you told me like man i stopped drinking bro i was so proud of you and then pierre came and told me the same thing i'm like man i'm so proud of you and then i've been seeing you on and off with ujama all the time coming there what gives you that drive to keep coming back and supporting you, John, even though you already graduated? Um, a lot of times it's, you know, when you go through the ups and downs in life, you, you, you tend to go back home when you need it. You know, you can venture off on your own, but um, when the water's getting too deep, mm. you know, you, you know where home is at. Mm. And um, I remember... You know, and I've known Mr. Zanders from before Ujama, and um, my he knows my grandparents, and they've had nothing but good things to say about this man my whole life. You know, and it's like with them not being around anymore, I have a comfort level with this man in my own on my own that I can't put into words, and it's like. When you're messing up or when you need help, you, you, you tend to know where home is. And I go back there because I know right or wrong. You know, they tell you what you need to hear as well. They don't just. They keep it straightforward. Yeah, they keep, keep it straightforward. They let you know when you're messing up. and um, They stayed on your heels. And they stay on your heels. And um, they're the people that have helped me brush the dust off myself, give me the courage to get up. And, and try again or try something else, yeah. you know. And um, 
And that's the exact reason why I say, the reason why I want y'all to hear this story to let y'all know, transformation ain't easy, you know? And I wish a lot of humans would understand that, you know what I'm saying? Forgiveness is always needed. And that's what MLK was bringing, because transformation ain't easy, you know what I'm saying? When we push out our mother's womb, we don't know what we exactly doing in this world. You know, all we know, we just stuck between the living and the dead. And we just trying to keep moving forward. And moving forward, sometimes you get frustrated because you don't know where you're going sometimes. Trying to find where you're trying to go, it's hard sometimes. And sometimes, you know what I'm saying, you got you to gotta take it easy with the youth. You know what I'm saying? They lost. So we got Coach Stevenson, you know. This brother is going to tell you how he came evolved and how he became this great coach he is. You know what I'm saying? You know, I like to call him a sergeant. A hood, hood sergeant at that, because this brother just straight forward, straight honest. So when you hear this man come on there, you gonna just know this man is coming with it. Welcome, Mr. Stevenson. Yeah, man, gentlemen, thank you guys. I think for me, when I uh, when I think about my experience with Ujama, it definitely goes back to Otis. Uh, I mean, uh, me and Otis met uh, through a mutual friend, and I. Uh, and I literally worked for uh, Ujama for six months free. I'll never forget when I, when I was first introduced uh, to the organization, Otis said, here's Stevenson Morgan, he'll be doing pro bono work. Mm. And I was like, okay, all right then, so I know where this is going. <laughs> and so, uh, so for six months, I just hung in there, and I was in the, uh, the finance industry where I was doing uh, loans that were at 30% and 40%. It was just breaking my heart. And I didn't realize that, <clears throat> excuse me, during that time period, I was turning into a coach. Because I'm having meetings with people uh, at Starbucks or Caribou and really trying to help them navigate through their loans because I just, I couldn't believe it. I mean, I didn't understand that subprime loan uh, system. It was robbing our people. And so I was already kind of setting myself up to get out of there. And I called Otis every day. Got something for me, man. I got to get out of here. The one day he tapped me on the shoulder and I started doing the evening program. And so that's kind of how I got involved with Ujama. <clears throat> and I can honestly say you guys have got me a little emotional because uh, it's one of those things that you never know what you're doing until somebody tells you. Mm -hmm. And I can honestly say... Uh, I'm just so proud of y'all, man. I mean, I just, I just celebrate uh, all you guys' brilliance. And I, I always realize a brother don't need fixing. A brother needs opportunity. Mm. A brother needs to be told exactly where, exactly where you see him going. And he doesn't have to agree, but he does need a nugget so he can see. Because it's really not for me to see. It's for me to give them the lens so they can see it for themselves. And that's just the way I've always tried to approach it. And I do believe uh, probably Bryant is the one that I've really intertwined and worked with the most. But me and Mayo have always had a mutual respect for each other because like Mayo said, he was literally a coach when I got into the game. And so him and Kadar had such a great relationship and Kadar kind of mentored him and me and Mayo would just always have conversations about the condition of Ujama and the things that we could do. <clears throat> and I know every time I went to Otis with all my crazy ideals and anything I was trying to do, if it was valid, he would give me the green light. And so that's how the music club started. That's how the film club started. 
that's 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 how Ujamaa became more involved in the community. Don't forget the morning they made the afternoons. I mean the evenings in Ujamaa. Yes, and our evening program grew so fast that that was just amazing. You you could come to Ujamaa prior to the pandemic after five, and you would think it was daytime. And I think the pandemic really robbed us because the men need that. And, and I look at Ujamaa as a black man's country club. And, and, and I hope that with the Lord's blessings and with you guys' prayer that we can get back to that feeling because we're not a program, you know. And I don't even like using the word program. And I'll never forget when the young man came up to me and he said, why do y'all use the word class? And we changed the word from class to sessions, because that reminded them the trauma of the school system. Mm. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, can I get my water, please? I'm sorry. So when you, when you say school sense, can you bring that down more? Like what they exactly say to you? Well, they came to me and they said, Stevenson, they said, Stevenson, why do you guys use that word class, man? I didn't do well in school. I, I feel, and even the way we had the chairs arranged, you know, was like a classroom. And so we began to use circles in regards to our communication. And I think the one thing that I can say, I know Brian has contributed much to Ujamaa's growth in the short time that Royce has been there. He's contributed and Mayo for sure has contributed. And I think that's the one thing that I hope we can hold on to is that we grow from the bottom up versus top down. So how and, do, how do we ahead, keep sir. holding on to that? And so I think if we keep maintaining the camaraderie that we got, because when you guys see us four, there's like 50 other of us. There's 50 more Ujama men that would come in here and say the same exact thing. And then we got another 150 <laughs> who are doing their thing, but they come when they need us. Because you guys know we always treat you like men, you know, unless you want to act a different sort of way. And then you're not even scolded. You're just asked to take a seat because you can't play the game no more. It's like, we're going to send you to the bench. Mm. You know, you're going to have to go sit on the sidelines and see us have our fun until you want to act right. Mm. And, and I think you guys really respect that. And I think that's the reason why, you know, uh, again, I never thought I could be a coach. And I didn't want to be a coach. But always pushed me and pushed me and pushed me. And then when I started getting feedback for you all, I had to realize, you know what? It doesn't matter what Stevenson wants to do. I need to be there for you all. And I'm glad you became a coach. And, and for me, for me, like directly, I know that the bridge between the younger community and the older community is broken. And I feel like Stevenson has a super different presence and he and he mends that that broken bridge. He makes that connection. He's he's smart above his understanding, I feel like. I feel like he's he's brilliant. He's more brilliant than he understands. He he's excellent at making that connection with us. And when he say that broken gap, a lot of people don't understand. There's a broken gap between the black men. But this black man, like he said, he just know how to fit in that hole and get the youth. Like a lot of black men don't have that privilege to know how to get them black boys. Some black men just naturally have it, and that's who you talking about, Stevenson, hey, right there. Um, I like to add that uh, for a long time, uh, Mr. Steve, Mr. Morgan Stevenson has been our employment guidance counselor. So men that come through to Ujamaa whenever there is a dry spell maybe in their work or they need some extra money, 
you go to Stevenson and um, he he helps you find jobs that are career worthy and then also jobs that are educational and you know for the moment like we uh, went down to take action Minnesota we help uh, get the restore to the vote campaign um, turned over um, we were down at the, the Capitol rallying yeah. um, you get um, just so many different jobs and outlets and opportunities that he provides young guys so I just wanted to put that out there for anybody that may hear this and is thinking about coming to Ujamaa if employment is one of your areas of need you come in the door and you ask for Stevenson you we're find him we're the best thing in the twin cities right <laughs> amen I think the one That's thing I'd like to add too and again you know uh, you know I, I just hate to keep giving oldest kudos but you know it's like I remember when I started the stipend program you know that was a little foreign you know, I'm figuring out a way to make jobs so a guy don't have to go knock nobody over the head to get 50 bucks. You know, it's like I really just took my own personal experience because, I, I mean, I'm not going – I was a bad boy. You know, I had, I had some years where I wasn't, I wasn't the nicest person. And, and I'm really not a people person, but I understand people. And Otis will tell you it's like when I started doing all that networking, it, it was kind of like uh, – I was thinking about my own intentions. You know, there's a lot of stuff in Ujamaa we can't write down. And nobody would ever really understand Ujamaa. And they, yeah, and they would look at Ujamaa like maybe we're this chaotic machine. But, but we're not, though. You know, I think I do my best coaching in the hallway. You know, I think I do my best coaching when I'm standing in line with a guy and we're getting ready to grab a meal. And we can't document that. And I really appreciate uh, Monique because what she has done with all of that kind of chaotic stuff that we got going on. She's been able to wrap that up and put a bow on it so society... That's a black woman. And and so society can really understand what we're doing. Otis, uh, I want to thank you, man. I I just want to thank you for giving me a platform to be Stevenson. Uh, I want to thank you for never judging me. Uh, I want to really thank you, man, for for letting me be the person that I kind of thought I could be, but I never really wanted to be. You know, because I'm not really an emotional, uh, an emotional person, and and that's and that's where my biggest challenge was to kind of let myself go and be vulnerable. And so I just really want to thank you for that, bro. I love you, man. All right, man. That's, yeah, we gotta do all this, brother. Okay. But appreciate it, Stevenson. Give one more applause for Stevenson, yeah. man. That's my brother right here, man. You did very well. Appreciate it, brother. Sister. All right, let's in, let's introduce the man of the hour and the man with the power, man. Yeah, the best, the best. Let's go, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> he forgot he was out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I might have to do that. All right, welcome, oldest man. Welcome. Before before this brother talk, I want to say and let people know because I'm I'm the first participant on you, John. So I know I, I hear a lot. So. I just want to say, all my life I've been in Ujamaa, I've always seen it go up and down. You know what I'm saying? That's just part of every organization. So what I want to let y'all know about this brother, he have changed a lot. First person that started was named Roy Barker. Uh, what he changed out to Roy Barker is, is beyond, man, is beyond to even imagine how this brother even did it. Like, we had music therapy. We had therapy, people to come in and holler at for black men that have mental problems and all that. We had financial help men help uh, save their money. So if you want to save it, they'll save it for you and you'll get it at the end of the year. 
So how much you keep putting in there, they'll give you. They had classes for that. You know what I'm saying? Education, uh, the GD, GED. They had they had people. A lot of people was graduating. You know what I'm saying? So he made the he made Ujama improve. Like I said, we didn't even have evening class. We didn't have people cooking for us. I don't even know how old he's got people. I don't even know how he got people with chefs in there cooking for us. We had showers. We had nice TVs. Like. <laughs> Man, he was just making, he was just, he was just doing his thing. His brother was definitely doing his thing, man. I just, man, I have to not y'all know that. You know, I hear people talking, but I, 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 this brother have done his thing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So all this, man, I just want to say, man, uh-huh. how, how, how is it, man? That's all I got to ask you. How is it? How's how you, is how's, it? how's you feeling right now? Because I know you're about to retire right now. I don't want to know, is you in a good mood, bad mood? You know what? Uh, as you guys that know me well, I know I'm a very emotional person. So I'm, I'm doing my best not to start crying and boohooing here right now. Facts. Uh, people that know me well, uh, they know that's a word they call, you've been OZ'd, which means that I'm here now and I'm gone because I don't, yes, because they knew I hate to say goodbye. So, um, you know, but you asked the question how I'm feeling. I'm feeling, you know, I'm, I'm feeling um, fulfilled. I feel, I feel that um, during my 10 years at Ujamaa, I didn't leave nothing on the table in terms of um, from my personal experience, work experience, and the kind of person that we didn't do to try to help the young men. And so I feel um, I feel that uh, I don't leave a lot on the table. I feel that um, I was in the right spot at the right time to jumpstart this, this theory, this concept of helping young black men that's been historically marginalized and uh, inherit a framework but it was all hypotheses. Hmm. And uh, what we've done in the last 10 years with the help of you in this room and others that have supported this mission and bought into uh, making young people, giving them a pathway to prosperity, it's just been a, it's been a joy. It's been a, a, a good to be at the helm. Uh, had some great, great people that worked with me daily that supported this mission, great leadership from the top. Uh, I had a great corrections family that supported me, that was proud of me. Um, shared his vision with my boy Dennis, who dragged me along uh, around the state. He dragged me all over the state. Uh, he put me in that um, blazing saddle category, the first black doing everything. He, he, he dumped me off and left me there all over the state, you know. But he had confidence in me, but, uh, but it was a lesson learned. The understanding being in difficult situations, uh, learning how to work with the legislature, um, you know, just not to ever give up and mm. lesson from the mom. So um, I didn't come here uh, this day to prepare to for a speech and um, didn't know this lunch was going to be in my honor. Um, but I'm very pleased that um, when I was coming to Selma, I invited a couple of my soul brothers, my brothers, to join me on this spiritual education experience, Dennis Allen. This is a trip that my buddy David Van Dyke and I have been talking about for years, too. And so um, as I wrap up my tenure at Ujama, not in life, but at Ujama, to be able to experience this luncheon with you in this room, uh, to be back here in Alabama, look at my, my this Claiborne sisters here, they know I've been 
trying to give back here. This has been more than I ever expect. So glad that you guys are here. This means a lot to me. So how how did you get the trip in Africa? You know what I'm saying? A lot of people don't know the Jama men went to Africa. How you get that? Uh, where's that Monique? That woman they call Monique. Where is she at? Oh, wow. I, I should have known it was a sister. <laughs> you know, uh, we worked with uh, another a beautiful sister too, Dr. Atika Tyner. You know, uh, Dr. Tina, she was on that board of directors at the time. And, uh, and uh, she had a relationship with, uh, with some people over there as well. And uh, we got a chance to go over there with a large group. And Monique went along with that team to record that story as well. So um, um, she's been trying to get Ujama back. So mm -hmm. um, stay tuned. Yeah. You'll see another fundraiser coming out so we can take another group to Ghana. She wants to go to South Africa this time. So um, uh, she's talking about that. So. Uh, but I will tell you that as much of this experience coming, feeling what the 1950s and 60s were like during Jim Crow, to take that journey back across the Atlantic and see the beginning was be very powerful too. So, so this long journey on Ujamaa, what was your most difficult challenge? Oh, you know, um, I hate to be so quick with the answer, but uh, my board, my executive board, asked me about six months ago, and they said, oh, this, uh, what is your angst? Uh, what keeps you up at night? And without hesitation, I said, you know, um, that I only reach five of the ten men that come through my doors. Mm. I worry about the five that don't complete this journey. I feel unfulfilled. I, I said, you guys, I don't worry about you as much. I worry about the ones that are not here, they're still struggling, they're still uh, being marginalized and don't have uh, the tools to make it in life. So I'm... Um, so my biggest journey is that I feel that, um, I use the word all the time, that um, it has a lot to do with uh, working in correction, I think, that, you know, um, there, there, when I went to the prison, Stillwater, Red Wing, it always felt that these were people, there was Mayo, mm -hmm. there was there was Brian, mm -hmm. you know what I mean, there was Scott, there was Allen, there was, uh, and they had just made a bad choice. So it ain't like we all born to be criminals, so I think they made bad choices because they didn't have a lot of cho choices to choose between. And so when you are limiting your choice, you make bad decisions. Right. Uh, when you navigate poverty, trying to, which bills to pay, uh, um, are you gonna pay your car note, are you gonna pay your electric bill, those kind of things. So um, I feel that, and we can address poverty. And that's what I want for all the black men to come to us, that um, uh, if we can address your your income level, your poverty, that put you in a position that you can make better choices. So um, so that's my angst. I want to reach the ones that we have not. I hear you. That's a, that's a good strategy. Go ahead, Brian. Um, what is, I just want to know whether you're getting ready to sail off into the sunset on this. Um, what is, and this is being recorded, so what is one thing you would like to say to the Ujamaa men of the future that mm. won't get a chance to work under you? What's uh, one message you'd like to leave behind for the future generation of well, Ujamaa men? Before you respond that, don't trip. We're going to keep your legacy going. You know what I'm saying? I through our hair. Don't you trip. Right on, right on, right on. You know, um, it's so much work to be done. I think um, even as I leave, I think the... Um, the um, the path been set for greatness to take place. Ujamaa's in great hands. It's in great hands. I feel good about, um, about uh, what we've done, the credibility we've created, our relationship with the 
with the foundations, with the legislature, uh, with the community. I think that um, as I, if I leave this job of CEO, I think next person is going to be just have a beautiful canvas to paint mm-hmm. a nice picture. They don't come in with the financial problems that I inherited. Uh, my first two weeks on the job, payroll check bounced. And uh, I, I took turns calling the founders, John, no money, Bill, no money. So, uh, But they don't have that worry. They come in with the luxury of, uh, of hiring people without asking them to work for pro bono for a little while. I can pay them now. So I think uh, we, uh, I think the organization is so healthy, and um, I think we've um, got a blueprint, but there's, there's a lot of things that uh, uh, leadership can take us. we got a very aggressive uh, strategic plan in place. It's already mapped out for next leaders to take it to another level. And so um, I feel good about um, the, um, the future for the general place. Thank you. And I just want to say, you know, I caught emotion because I found out you had some health problems and I had to call you that night, brother. You know what I'm saying? We sat on the phone yes. talking. Um, yes. uh, man, just to see you, man, you like, man, this brother helped me when my car got towed. You know what I'm saying? Like, this brother always been with me. You know what I'm saying? I, and, 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 I, and I ain't never forgot that, brother. You know what I'm saying? Besides besides any and none of that, bro, yeah. we had that little argument. Besides, I ain't never forget none of that, brother. I appreciate everything you have done for me, brother. You know what I'm saying? I ain't never yeah. let that go. And I yeah. had to I had to call you because I ain't talked to you in a minute. And I'm like, oh, this have a health problem. Then I heard, oh, this retired. I'm like, wait, 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 hold up. I feel like the whole world dropping right now. <laughs> I had to go back to a job. What's going on? What are you doing? All this? What you mean you retired? <laughs> but to to see this brother have these health problems and get up every day, I told him, I'm like, man, we need you back, man. Get healthy. And that brother came back, bro. And this is why I'm on this trip. Because of this brother. You know, I love all you. Right? You know that. I love all you. But me and this brother had this talk. Like I said, I got, I picked this brother. <laughs> me and Tim Goss picked this brother, man. You know what I'm saying? So when I told him, like, he was on his, man, he was struggling, man. And he got off that healthy, man, you fought your demons, man. Yes. And I love to see black men fight their demons. I love to see black men overcome their demons. And I'm so proud of you, Otis, man. I love you, man. Thank you, man. For real, brother. I just want to say thank everyone in Ujama. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know what? I'm going to do a closing with a poetry. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> this is called Never Lose Hope. I want y'all to close your eyes. Now imagine how the world will be if no one believes in God. 
Because without hope, then what we all live it for. So maybe that's the reason why some of us live life with no common sense. But don't blame us. Because we're just getting back to the world what the world gave us. I came out my mother's womb with no place to stay with false dreams. It's like God didn't have a plan for me. And she said she could have been praying for better days, but she rarely chose me. And she did. And I left her with a broken heart. Now she buried her tears on every man's chest, hoping that she could find love again. See, I came from a block where selling cocaine was the hope. But I knew some homies that turned their life to the Lord until they realized God ain't never there. Then they lost hope. Then they began snorting coke. Then their dreams went out the window. And I tried to tell them to slow down, but they just stared in my eyes and said, Mayo, what's the point of keeping trying? We just all meant to die. What's the point of giving an F about the world when the world don't give an F about us? And if I knew what I knew now, I would have told them the point is, is to never lose hope. Now they sitting in prison doing life. And to this day, I still write them letters. But the only thing they write back with is nigga never lose hope. See, I came from a place where everybody cried themselves a river, where the pain flows. Where our mother praying to God that her child heart won't be trapped in this black hole. Where every nigga hate living this thug life, but they can't escape because they don't want to leave their loved ones behind so the hood stays in them. Where everyone trying to stop the other child that cry after the other child that dies, where every black man is to blame for, for corrupting his vibe with drugs and violence, but they just give us some wings to fly with, then maybe there won't be so many ghetto birds dying. Then maybe we'll start giving an F about the world when the world learns to give an F about us. Now I want y'all to open your eyes. Now imagine how the world would be if no one believes in God. Because without hope, then when we all live it for? So maybe that's the reason why some of us live life with no common sense. But don't blame us, because we're just getting back to the world, what the world gave us. This is called Never Lose Hope. <laughs> Thank you. Facebook, Ujama Place, UjamaPlace.org. We're here for you. We love you. We are Ujama. <laughs>